of Creating Powerful Impact. I'm your host, Shay Wheat. And today we're going to chat a little bit about um, some relationship building and organic marketing and collaborations. And who I've brought on to share all of that wisdom is the amazing Haley Rowe, who is a marketing sales coach, consultant, and really a LinkedIn lead generation service provider. Now, she helps her clients boost their clientele without that, you know, that that social media overwhelm that tends to hold a lot of us back. She busts through all of that. And I just love her philosophy on how you really can have an amazing service and you know you have great impact to make out in the world. This is all about creating powerful impact. But if you don't have a strong mindset and a great sales and marketing plan, your business really is just going to remain a hobby. So let's go ahead and dive in and please help me welcome her to the Creating Powerful Impact stage. How's it going? Going well. I'm so excited to be here and thank you for that intro. Absolutely. So like I said, I really want to dive into, you know, that organic relationship building, marketing collaborations um, kind of topic today, because frankly, you're a master at it. Um, So if somebody is like, yes, I want to go ahead and just do this organically. I don't necessarily want to do a whole lot of ads and spend a whole lot of money. And maybe my business just isn't ready to support that level. What would you say is like the first step for somebody to get started? Yeah, well, I think the first step when you are getting started is to think about who would be your ideal partners that you'd want to collaborate with who have your ideal clients as their followers and where do your ideal followers hang out? So actually in my program, I have something called the leads finder list and we make a list of where do you think they hang out? What conferences, what podcasts do they listen to? What kind of communities, things like that. And I think a lot of people get tripped up in that first stage because they think to themselves, well, I can't you know, collaborate with so-and-so who's a huge big name, but the truth is there's micro influencers and there's people who you can connect with and start with and keep getting bigger from there. And I also think a lot of times people get confused about just human interaction and they really overthink it. And the truth is you always have to think about the other person and what's in it for them and how can you bring a value add. And if you don't have a huge following to start with, that's okay start with somebody who has, you know, slightly bigger audience than you and, or still be willing to put yourself out there for the bigger opportunities, because you're going to be surprised at a lot of times they're still going to say, yes, I've collaborative collaborated with people who have huge audiences, um, who I thought would never say yes. And people who have small audiences. And the truth is some of the people with the bigger audiences, the results have been less than people with small audiences because you just never know how engaged their audience is. So I think there's just a lot of misconceptions or ways people get in their own way when it comes to starting to build relationships, telling people what you do, seeing how you can help them or be a value add to them. And um, my first piece of advice would just be to brainstorm who would be good partners for you and where are some good places where you might find your ideal clients. I think that's phenomenal. Like, let's just make a list. Who mm-hmm. is it? Where do they hang out? Where do they play? What do they listen to? How are they showing up? So 
are you looking at people that are um, same as you, or are you also looking at people that are more sidelined to you? So they support your audience before or after whatever it is that you do. Uh, definitely sidelined. So you want to find people who complement what you do. So if you are somebody who is an author about productivity and time management or something like that, you might partner with a declutter or minimalist type of expert because people like that tend to like organization. Or you might partner with um, somebody who does something else that saves people time, but not in the way you save people time. So maybe your your productivity coach for business owners, you might partner with an online business manager who does like content creation and things like that. I've partnered with, as, as a business coach and consultant and a LinkedIn lead gen service provider, I've partnered with um, a Pinterest expert or a copywriter or people like that, where I speak in their programs to complement what they do, but it's not overstepping. And it's very... Um, productive in that their ideal clients are usually looking for the complementary things. So it can work out really nicely. So it's a real value add because it's not going to hurt what they're already doing. Um, It's actually going to add to it and they're providing more value to their audience for you to come in as an expert in something next to them that they need next after them or before them type of thing. Okay. I love that. Um, so someone like myself who does event production, AV is a great sideline to me because I'm not necessarily doing the AV work, but they have my ideal audience and vice versa. Definitely. Beautiful. Okay. So we've made our list. Mm-hmm. Now what? Yeah. So now it's time to develop what I call your four basics of client attraction or four basics of partnerships. So this is. Um, something where you're going to connect first. So that's where you're going to actually find them. So you're going to connect either on LinkedIn or you're going to pick whatever your connection channel is. You're going to go to that networking group or conference or whatever it is. You're going to engage. So you're going to ask an intentional question to whoever you're trying to partner with or your potential clients to learn more about what they want to need. And the whole goal with this step is to have somebody raise their hand and indicate or give you something to work with as far as what they're interested in, how you can be of value to them, that kind of thing. So it could be as simple, like if everybody wanted to just after this episode today, do one of these, you could go on one of your social media platforms. And if you've never acknowledged any of your followers, you could simply say like, hey, thank you for being a part of this community. What kind of content do you want to see when it comes to event planning? Um, I'm trying to plan my next post and I want to make sure they're useful. Like it's trying to just see what do they want, right? Then you want to give a pre-offer. So a pre-offer is where you're actually giving results ahead of time, um, giving a quick win, being somebody's, almost like being somebody's event planner, a coach or whoever, before you're actually their coach, right? So giving them a taste of what you do if now, this stage has to be permission-based. So in other words, we have to do the, the engagement first, you know, that asking them a question, seeing if something would be useful to them before we give them the pre-offer. And then we give the pre-offer. And then from there, we see, okay, do you want to take it further into your sales process? Now, not everybody makes it all the way through. And if you're doing this from a partnership aspect, obviously the difference is your sales process would be, you know, it would be slightly different. It would be whatever partnership you guys are doing, either your joint 
webinar or the podcast interviews that you guys are doing together or whatever, that's kind of the final stage. But with potential clients, it would be taking them into your email funnel that's after your webinar or the after your freebie, the follow-up emails about your program or having a discovery call with them or whatever it is. Um, so, or in your case, Shay, when people have their event and they have a backend offer to that. So um, that's kind of the four basics. I think people confuse themselves though, because they're like, well, should I do these four basics on Instagram? Should I do them on YouTube? Should I do this just locally? Should, and the, the answer is there is, it can any of them can work, right? So you have to pick which one or two do you think is going to be the most useful for your time based on your niche and where they hang out and what's indicated success in the past and then optimize it and then keep going. You know, you can keep adding more streams from there, but start with one or two that you're going to really double down on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes total sense because like if you're going after entrepreneurs and more business, you're going to look more at LinkedIn versus if you've got some type of uh, let's just say health and fitness, uh, maybe you're more Instagram or maybe more Facebook, right? It's kind of right. like, where are they looking for that information? Mm-hmm. Love it. I love it. Okay. Um, I happen to know that you ended up interviewing somebody pretty well known in our industry. Um, I would love for you to share with like how this person, and I don't know if you all know this, but she actually interviewed Amy Porterfield, which is pretty awesome. Um, so how in the world did her team find you? How did it happen? Like, how were you being visible? Were you just out there doing your thing? And then they were like, this mm-hmm. chick's pretty awesome. Because I mean, something I didn't mention earlier is you're, you're one of the top coaches in the Chicago area. Like, how did this all kind of come about? Yeah, so there's so many lessons to derive from this opportunity. Um, The first being like I had had my podcast, I think since like 2017, 2018. And it's one of those things where you just keep doing it with consistency with no guarantee of results or like you're just doing it because you know it's a part of the whole strategy and you don't always know what the exact return will be. And this is one of those things where I was willing to do that for a long time. And now finally, like three or four years into my podcast, I'm reaping the rewards of that passively because Amy Porterfield's team reached out to me via email and was like, Hey, we're doing this live, you know, interview blitz and she's launching her new book. And she knew that, um, I work with probably a lot of, she probably had her own leads finder list (laughs) and I work with a lot of people who would probably buy her book and her courses and all that kind of stuff. So that is what happened. And what I realized from that is a couple things. One, I almost had this moment of like doubt where I was like, wait, what? Like, are they reaching? Are like, are they sure? Like, do they know? Like, how did they find me first of all? And do they know like I'm not Tony Robbins or like what's the deal, right? So I had to kind of expand my horizons here and be like, you know what? I could reach out to bigger guests on my podcast. That was kind of a gateway for me to be like, wait, why? Why can't I make maybe a cool like video invite to somebody who's a really big name and and try that now. Time-wise, I need to get back to that, but (laughs) that was something I was like, wait, why not, right? 
And the other thing is um, I'm very big on like you just being consistent and being out there and being willing to put yourself out there and continue to refine until it works. You cannot fail if that's the case. And so I, I find that if you're afraid, like you miss 100% of the chances you don't take. Right. And so this is something where it taught me like, Hey, I am going to put myself out there and keep refining my invitation to my podcast until it works with bigger and bigger guests. And that can be a way to keep expanding. So it was very fun. I was very nervous. I had my notes like written down. And then right before the interview, I think I like moved them and I just didn't even bring them. And I totally blanked, but it was super fun. And, um, normally I don't get nervous to interview people because I've done that so many times, but for that one, I was definitely a little bit nervous. Yeah. I love it. But I mean, it, it goes right into what you had just said, make your list, whether they've got big lists or smaller lists, sometimes the smaller lists do better than the bigger list. And it sounds like Amy, I would assume has a bigger list than both of us, right? (laughs) But she went to a smaller list, but of her ideal audience and probably had better results versus going with the super big names. So that's just a case study right there with, with what you're saying. It actually works. Yeah, definitely. I love that. I love it. So talk to us a little bit more about, okay, so we've got our list. We we're doing our research. We're starting to reach out. And is it just DMs? Like, do you, how do you like just kind of start the conversation versus, you know, you get some of those DMs where they're like, hi, I'm so-and-so and and here's all my stuff. Why you should buy from me. And you're like, delete. I even (laughs) know me. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So it doesn't have to just be DMS. So there's a couple things. Um, yes, it can be. So I'm a big fan of LinkedIn and this is why, um, I do LinkedIn lead gen LinkedIn is a networking platform. So people expect networking on that platform versus Instagram and Facebook are entertainment platforms. You can still use the DM feature, but you got to remember people on there might just be on there to look at funny stuff or whatever. Right. So with LinkedIn, there's definitely a right and a wrong way to do it. And you're, you nailed that. Like just saying, Hey, I'm going to word vomit who I am and what I do and send you this long pitch. That is not what I recommend. I recommend something short and open, open open-ended question and see if they want to engage with you. You don't have to, you know, go down the whole rabbit hole and give your whole spiel. You want to see where the conversation goes and be a human with another human, right? So Shay, I think we actually connected on Facebook because we had some mutual friends. You, The first step is find a common ground with the person. So either you guys are both in the Miami area or you guys both graduated from the same college, or maybe you could even, this is a bonus tip, get a warm introduction to somebody. So if you had a podcast guest who maybe has another podcast host that you want to connect with, or, you know, maybe you guys can connect each other and send a warm introduction that goes really far, much farther than if it's a cold outreach, but Shay, you reached out. Cause we had some mutual friends. You're like, Hey, how do you know these people? I'm curious. And I was like, Oh yeah, I used to date that guy. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and then we're like, but looks like we have a lot of other colleagues in common too. Um, and so th- we started a conversation from there. We had a networking chat None of us, you know, I think we both shared what each other does, but we were not like, hey, you know, you want to, it's time to sign up. Like, we're like, how can we collaborate? How can we make this worth our while to connect and and whatnot? And so um, 
that went really well. And so my advice is, yes, you can use DMs on any platform, but you can also, there's other things you can do, such as if you look, think about your processes you have. So like in your program, if you don't already have a referral program or a part where you have an option, you know, or a, something exciting, if they refer somebody, you could incorporate that. You can incorporate in your calls to action on your posts an invitation to connect with you or engage with you or get your pre-offer we talked about, like your freebie or your lead magnet. You can include calls to actions in your podcasts and your videos and whatnot. Um, and then the other thing you can do to be like relationship building is if you do go to events um, or, you know, things like that, handwritten thank you cards go really far. You know, think about how can you be unique? I like the voice note feature sometimes on, on DMs. Um, so, and then also if you are in communities or forums where there's questions, you can bring value to those questions and then say like, if you want more help, like feel free to reach out or, or whatever. So inviting people to reach out to you as well. So there's a lot of different ways you can do it. And that's why I don't like to say, because some people like to just go the partnership networking route with organic relationship building, and that's cool. But other people like to go direct to client. And if you're going to go direct to client, you have to have a good question that's thoughtful. So a bad question, let's say I'm a weight loss coach. Bad question would be something assumptive and that could be misconstrued. Like, you know, looks like maybe you're trying to lose some weight. No, oh. that would be a bad one. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. Like that would be very offensive perhaps. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I right. think so. So we have like, to you wouldn't say it in person to somebody necessarily. Yeah. Right. Right. But there's like right. this thing where social media and DMS and it's like, oh, well, I don't care. I'm just going to say it right They're behind this veil of secrecy, maybe. Oh, goodness. Yes, yes. Okay. So that's obviously bad. <laughs> mm -hmm, What's mm -hmm. something better? Yeah. So, you know, it can depend. Um, if I'm doing a collaboration thing, it's more so like, would you be open to exploring collaborating? That would be a question I might include in my, in my message. Or if it's a health coach, going back to that original example, it might be the content question, you know, I'm planning some posts. Is there any topics or challenges you'd find useful when it comes to wellness, stress management, you know, fitness, et cetera? Um, the other option could be, you know, something where it's um, like learning more about the person. So you don't want to ask, like, I don't recommend questions that are just kind of pointless because people's time is precious, right? So you don't want to be like, what's your favorite color? But it could be something as simple as like, what are you excited about these days? Or it could be a positive question too. If you're a fellow business owner reaching out to another business owner, what's your mission? Stuff like that. So make sure it's authentic for you. Test different questions. Um, be genuinely curious. I think that will help solve this issue and make it naturally, you know, you'll be able to come up with a better question but hopefully that gives some examples. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Now, um, I know it hasn't always been sunshines and rainbows. Um, and I would love for you to kind of share with us how you've been able to scale your business. Um, you know, I know a lot of it is from this organic and relationship marketing um, and collaborations, but maybe even if you feel comfortable sharing a time when it wasn't always great and amazing and kind of like what the aha was that came out of it. And then, you know, where are you going now? 
Totally. Oh my gosh. There's been so many fails along the way. Um, I, so I started my business out of getting let go because I worked at a startup that was having a bunch of delays and I had just been told, oh yeah, you know, you're probably going to get a promotion soon, like blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, poof, actually we have all these delays and we have to let the whole team go. <laughs> and I just signed a year lease to stay in that area where I had just moved for this job. And I was like, okay, I got to get out of this lease. I got to like figure out what I want to do. And I always had wanted to have my own business, but um, I told myself I wasn't ready or I need to, you know, I get be safer in a job even though the, I worked in the startup field which isn't technically very safe but you know and you lost the job so that's not very yeah, safe <laughs> yeah so I was like okay it's not super safe I might as well just start my own business and then there's the whole learning curve of having to figure out how you work best how to manage yourself how to be your own boss what are our, like questioning myself all the time about wait is this the best use of my time or what I should be focused on and what I've really learned through that and I see this all the time with my clients too is like you just need to let go of this like overthinking of is this the right step or not because the the whole point of having a business it's like a game you're going to put out and plant lots of seeds they're not all going to harvest like the one seed you planted three days ago might not harvest in the way that you think. It's more about putting all the seeds out there, letting them all be cohesively existing together. And then your garden's going to harvest. And it might not be in the ways you think, but as long as you're consistent in the process of putting the seeds out there, there's something inevitably that's going to work. And then you're going to find out what works and you can double down on it and stay focused. So another huge part that I can give an example of. So there was a time when, um, I had a business mentor. We loved working together and I got kind of a unique client and a unique proposal and opportunity. And I thought we would work really well together to deliver to this client together. And so we actually, I kind of went off on a, you know, tangent in my business. And this is, I'll drive this home in a minute why I'm telling you this, but I, we ended up starting this whole thing together with not just with this client, but starting our own kind of other business together where we were doing done for you services for people. We were consulting people. And in this was in addition to what I had originally been already doing, which was my um, marketing and sales coaching and consulting. And so uh, on my own. So what I realized through that was number one, I, um, I didn't want to have a partnership, <laughs> nothing against my partner. We were still amazing friends. We we're very close. Um, and number two, I was directing my focus into way too many things. And the truth is when you just commit to one or two main offers, you double down on them and you keep doing the same process that indicates the most success and just keep refining it until it keeps working more and more that's where you really have the power. And what was happening was I was, if you think of a circle, I had like 10 arrows directing in all the different areas and it was short fused. It was just like distilling my energy. Right. Mm -hmm. So I got refocused and recentered. And, um, I would say another huge thing is just realizing that you never want to, um, you do want to grow an email list. So this is a side note. I had a, fa a Facebook group uh, and Facebook hack um, within the last year. And it made me realize that I am so grateful that I did not only, I did not put all my eggs just in that basket and that I had been promoting my 
email list and using other platforms and things like that, because I had to restart my group. It's called the marketing hub. Um, but my, you know, it, it, my old group, I had built that up to a large group. It had been organically getting leads into it because Facebook was promoting it on the suggested groups because it's been around for a while. And it was like, oh, like it was just a crushing experience. And so to anybody listening, I would say a couple things. Number one, learn how to direct yourself and your mind and your time. That is a very valuable skill set that will serve you well in business. To stop overthinking and adding mental drama to just doing things like that is optional. Where are you doing that? Find out where it's the biggest drain for you and work on that. Number three, stay focused, um, you know, optimize one or two main things instead of being the jack of all trades for everything. And last but not least, protect your information, of course, but also um, have an email list or have a way to not just rely only on social media and algorithms and all that stuff for your business. Cause that's the other thing too. Instagram used to be an amazing platform for me. The Instagram, the algorithm loved me. Now it like hates me for some reason. So it's like, you just, you just have to keep um, your options open. You know, there's so many diamonds in everything that you just said. So <laughs> highly recommend rewind and listen to all of those um, again, write those down and take them to heart. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I would love for you, I mean, when we we talked earlier, you kind of went through a bit of, you know, some steps on how to start really connecting with your audience and, you know, making a list and how do you reach out and so on and so forth. But I would love for you to kind of share what is the best way if somebody's like, I just need your help. I need your eyeballs on what it is that I'm doing and help me figure out the next steps. What's the best way that they can stay in touch with you? And then do you happen to have a gift for our audience? I do have a gift and I do have a way to connect. So um, the first thing is if you do want to get my free LinkedIn class on how to attract partnerships and clients using LinkedIn and see an example of those intentional questions you can use, things like that, it's at HaleyRowe.com slash LinkedIn. And I'll talk about five different ways you can use LinkedIn and uh, give you some examples. And then I also, if you want to book a free introductory chat, you can DM me on Instagram at Haley underscore row, H-A-I-L-E-Y underscore R-O-W-E. Um, just saying you want to book a free intro call to learn more about marketing and sales support, or you can go to HaleyRow.com. And um, I have the Health Coach Nation podcast, the Marketing Hub Facebook group, all the things. Feel free to reach out. Beautiful. Love it. Love it. Um, last question for you. Is there a takeaway or a memorable note you want to leave our audience with today? Ooh, um, a takeaway. I think one of the takeaways is if you dread marketing and putting yourself out there and connecting with people, shift out of the feeling of like need and pressure. And I have to convince somebody, I have to persuade somebody and instead go in with the dominant feeling of curiosity, interest, fascination, like that is such a better energy to lead with. And it gets you way more ideas about how you can ask clever questions, how you can like actually care about what you're doing compared to going in like, I need to convince somebody because of course that feels terrible. And of course you're not going to want to do that. So you have to shift your thoughts and feelings around marketing and putting yourself out there. And I find that curiosity has always served me well because it just, it, 
it detaches me from needing a, an exact certain outcome. And instead is like, Hmm, I wonder what we could do with this opportunity or, you know, like it's just way more lighter feeling and it keeps me doing it over and over again. I love it. I love it. This is flown by. I just want to say thank you so much for being with us. And I also want to thank our audience for joining us on another episode of creating powerful impact. I'm excited for you to take all the diamonds. As I said, she's dropped a number of them, the resources, the things that you've learned here today, start implementing them so that you can create even more impact in your world. Until next time, have an outstanding rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Creating Powerful Impact podcast. If you are a successful coach, speaker, author, or thought leader who would like to be on this program, simply visit creatingpowerfulimpact.com forward slash guest. If you are someone who got something out of this interview, would you please do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials. Also, if you know somebody that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag creating powerful impact. I love seeing all of your posts and great guest selections. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they really mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more about us? Head on over to our website, graceandeaseproductions.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Just look for Grace and Ease Productions on your favorite platform. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.